Welcome to Reliance's Sunday Sermon. Worship with us at 8, 9.30, or 11 o'clock a.m. We hope you're encouraged by today's message. Now, when we talk of apostolic center, uh, I don't want us to view it religiously. I want us to view it biblically uh, in terms of divine uh, revelation. Uh, What I hear is that as an apostolic center, God has given grace and he will give wisdom uh, for strategic kingdom assignments, which includes prayer, uh, strategic level prayer, as well as uh, you know, effective equipping and discipleship and uh, preparing. Now, when you understand issues of apostolic grace, wisdom, and authority, uh, in the in the in the spiritual realm, the parallel I, I use the word parallel for purposes of reference, but the parallel of apostles in the spirit realm are witches. Witches. Witches are in the human realm. Um, in, the, in a human sense are the highest uh, you know, office that hell will place in a jurisdiction to fight against the purposes of God in a particular jurisdiction. So when God, <laughs> I laugh, but mm, when God raises you up, as an apostolic center, it means that you become a great attraction to witchcraft. And there we name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And right now we stand in the authority of the name of the Lord Jesus Christ as we submit ourselves to the headship and lordship of Jesus Christ. We submit ourselves to you, O God. And in our humble submission to you, we resist the plan of the enemy. We resist every witchcraft. We expose every spirit of witchcraft that may be assigned over Wichita. Now that we are dressed for battle, we rise up in the realm of the spirit and light up the world around us. The world in Wichita. We light it up with the light and the knowledge and the wisdom of God. And we decree and declare that no power of darkness, no witchcraft, no witches from the gates of hell, from the pit of hell that would try to rise up and fight against the people of God in this place, none of them will have ability to prosper in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. We pull down every stronghold of the enemy in Jesus' name. And we decree and declare that the equipped, you are getting equipped, you are of God, men, women, young and old, you are equipped, you are getting equipped, you are being dressed, you are being prepared for the battle that is ahead. It's going to be a challenging decade. Uh, 2020 is going to be a challenging decade. That's one of the things the Lord spoke to my heart at the beginning of um, uh, last year, or rather when COVID began to break out. But the Lord said to me, encourage my people that despite the challenge, I have prepared you for such a time as this. 
Amen. Praise the Lord. So we, it's interesting, I keep thinking over and over, you know, why the Lord chose our generation to be alive and actively on duty at a time such as this. It means he has confidence and trust in your capability. Because it's nothing about you and I. It's all about Jesus. Amen. All right. So uh, be encouraged. Be encouraged that uh, the Lord is going to empower you at personal level. And we are going to be able corporate level as a church. We are being empowered. And we are going to be able to uh, fulfill the purposes of God. Amen. Um, you know, when... When, when you begin to encounter the spirit of God in, the, in times of worship, my spirit, like I said, I got excited and I was wondering, Lord, now what, what do I speak? And I, there's so much I really feel the Lord wants to deposit in your lives because just like the special forces are trained for high-level combat, we as the remnant church must be trained and equipped for our time and season. Because despite this going to be a very exciting church as period for the remnant of God, but those who do not align themselves rightly with the head who is Christ and rightly with one another as the body of Christ, many may fall by the wayside. Many will be numbered among those, but I proclaim that you are not going to be numbered among those that fall by the wayside. You are going to be equipped, talking about the special forces, and, and you'll be able to go forward. And talking about the special forces and the intensity of their training, um, you know, during the COVID lockdowns in Kenya, I took time to pray but I was stuck in my home for many months. <laughs> there was no movement uh, in Kenya. And then uh, my daughter would make fun of me and say, because naturally I travel a lot, uh, even within Kenya doing ministry apostolically. And my daughter would make fun of me and, this, and she would say, Daddy, I think God got you this time. You are stuck with us. <laughs> But uh, through that uh, period of being stuck there, uh, the Lord revealed a number of things and, uh, uh, you know, that we need to be prepared. We need to be prepared. We need to be equipped. We need to understand that we are in a heightened time of great, great conflict. But the Lord is going to give us um, uh, victory. Amen. Okay. Uh, and so... As we advance forward, you know, like talking about the, 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 uh, the special forces, uh, I took time during that time of lockdowns and I would go into YouTube and look at how the special forces go through very vigorous and, uh, uh, man, the kind of training that they go through, uh, many. In fact, the training is meant to eliminate them from being part of the team. And probably some of you may have been with the forces and you may understand this. The, the training is supposed to eliminate them. 
because it exposes their weaknesses. It exposes their character. And <laughs> I looked at one uh, video and how this one gentleman, you know, he's really working hard. Uh, they are supposed to be working as a team, but he felt like he had extra energy to complete the, 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 the training ahead of the others. And he thought that he was successful only to be told, you are busted. You are supposed to work as a team. Okay? And this is the word of the Lord for us. We must be aligned with one another. These are not times for solo moves. These are not times for solo activities. These are times to observe and look around you. What is the Lord doing in one another? How do I, how do I connect rightly with my brothers and sisters? And how do we corporately connect with the head who is Christ? And individually also with Christ. Amen? Because our safety is in our alignment to the head. Because when you are properly aligned to the head and you are properly aligned to the rest of the body, you are walking in divine ability. Amen. Praise the Lord. And so talking about the special forces, I will, this is one of the teachings the Lord has shown me more and more. He's been leading me into the scriptures to look at uh, the strategic remnant mission force the strategic remnant mission force. I call it that way because I believe God is raising up skilled laborers, skilled workers who can fulfill the assignments of the kingdom in our day and time. Amen. You look at uh, the closing parts of uh, the closing verses of Matthew chapter 9 and then you transition into Matthew chapter 10. You find that in the closing verses of chapter 9, Jesus is going around the cities and the villages, and then he sees the multitudes who were weary, they were sick, they were tired. The Bible says they were scattered like sheep without a shepherd. And what did Jesus say? He said, the harvest is truly plentiful, but the laborers are few. And he said to his disciples, pray that the Lord of the harvest will send laborers into the harvest field. That is a strategic prayer that Jesus introduces to his disciples. It's very easy to pray and say, Lord, would you send laborers into your harvest field? But think about it. For those of you who've been raised in farming communities, your harvest, all right? You need someone who understands the kind of crop that is in the field and um, whether they are going to do it manually or mechanically, they have to have the skill to undertake the assignment. And this is why I believe God is saying he wants to equip us, he wants to pick us from our backgrounds, from our incapacities, and train us, position you and I, and the remnant believers, for a time such as this, for special assignments. Amen? Uh, Micah 4, verse 6, I'll read a few verses, and uh, making reference to a number of scriptures here. Micah chapter 4, 
from verse 6, the Bible says, In that day, says the Lord, I will assemble the lame. I will gather the outcast and those whom I have afflicted. I will make the lame a remnant and the outcast a strong nation. So forever. Amen. Them in Mount Zion from now on, even forever. Amen. You know, brothers and sisters, one of the things about God's mind and intention about the remnant, this passage, he says, I will gather the lame. How many times have we felt, and there are people who've been in preparation for te over 10 years, and they still go into the prayer closet and say, Lord, continue preparing me. It's good to be prepared of the Lord, but it's also important assignments in Christ. Move out and start taking and fulfilling your assignments in Christ. There is no more time to waste. So God looks at our incapacities and he says, I want to work with you. I want to bring you to myself. I want to heal your brokenness. And he wants to mold us and to, to capacitate us so that we can take on the strategic assignments that he has for us. He says, I will assemble the lame. I will gather the outcasts. And I believe that the Spirit of God might be speaking to someone here. And you have felt, Lord, am I continually looked at your incapacities. And you have felt, Lord, am I good for anything. I want to tell you, do not let the world. It is time to, you know, render you ineffective. It is time to realign to the headship of Christ. He loves people like you and me. Hallelujah. Who have a history of weaknesses and shortfalls and lameness and disabilities in our own way. But he comes and brings us out of that place of inadequacy and he transforms us. You know, the scripture says, it's no longer I that liveth, but Christ that lives in us. If there is a time to put to death our own character and our incapacities, it is now. So that Jesus alone can live and be exalted. So that as we move forward, the world and the world around us will not see gems, will not see American, will not see African, will not see flesh and blood, but the world will see Jesus. Wow. Hallelujah. That is where God is taking us. In, 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 in um, Micah chapter 5 verse 7, uh, move on to chapter 5 verse 7, he says, Then the remnant of Jacob shall be in the midst of many peoples. Okay? Ah, love for you to underline that. He says the remnant. Remember the outcast, the lame, those people with feeling inadequate and in, without capacity. The Lord gathers them. He heals them. He positions them on the mountain of the Lord. Then now in verse 7 here he says, then uh, the remnant of Jacob shall be in the midst of many peoples. That means after being prepared of the Lord, he releases his remnant back among the many peoples. Like dew from the Lord... Like showers on the grass that tarry for no man, 
nor wait for the sons of men. And the remnant of Jacob shall be among the Gentiles in the midst of many peoples, like a lion among the beasts of the forest, like a young lion among flocks of sheep, who, if he passes through, both treads down and tears uh, in pieces, and none can deliver. There's a prophetic picture here that I want you to be able to see. The scripture, through the prophet Micah, he parallels the remnant of God's people like dew. And we were here a few days ago with the men's group and we had time to dig into this word. And I want you to capture this prophetic painting that the Lord is trying to present to us. He says this remnant will be like dew. And think about it. Dew, when it comes onto the ground, it doesn't fall like thundering rain. It has its own gentle ways. It just emerges from the ground and somehow you wake up in the morning and dew is right there. Okay? But God is declaring to us that this dew will be amongst the Gentiles, will be among the peoples. Okay? But then as much as he's talking about them, the remnant being like that dew, wow, isn't that powerful? To know that God wants to make his remnant bride as powerful as lions and lionesses. Wow. Not so that we tear and rip one another apart, but so that we can rip and tear apart the enemy. But to the people around us, we are as harmless as a dove so gentle, waiting for them to come and test this dew and to feel the refreshing uh, wetness of the morning. Wow. Verse 8, okay, we've talked about verse 8 already. Um, but what I want you to see also is somehow I was studying about the, the dew and then Numbers 11 and verse 9 popped out uh, for me. And it says, And when the dew fell on the camp in the night, the manna fell on it. Isn't that amazing? That God, in order to provide for his people, first he released the dew and then the provision, daily provision for his people landed on the dew. Brothers and sisters, no word is written in the Bible for nothing. Every word is written to give us life, to give us revelation. What is God saying? He's saying as we begin to realign, to align ourselves rightly with the head, rightly with one another, to be equipped and be prepared, God wants by his spirit to deploy us in our respective jurisdictions and rest there like fresh dew every morning so that he can connect with you 
and through its and power of salvation, healing, deliverance, and power can be extended into the Gentile world. People who are suffering, who are dying, who are feeling like their hope is gone. I tell you, brothers and sisters, this is the time to be ready. Amen. Present yourself like dew out there. Visited with a powerful woman of God in Kansas City. And she bought um, a map. What do you call this little... Uh, Bluetooth speakers. You know, you buy these Bluetooth speakers and then um, she says, you know what? I'm, I'm on assignment. I'm on assignment to establish almost like over 300 uh, altars for God around Missouri. Okay? And she says, I'm at the gas station and while I'm pumping gas, I put up this little boombox onto the top of my car and I start having a worship service right there praising and dancing and uh, so I put and she says here I am at this gas station and uh, so I put my music and I'm doing hallelujah and worshiping God and the, the guy who had, was pumping gas in front of her you know he looks back and walks over and asks is there a problem and the lady, she answers back and says, not at all. I am just praising Jesus. Are you f with me or against me? And the man smiled. I'm saying, I'm with you, sister. Hallelujah. <laughs> oh, glory to God. Brothers and sisters. Maybe God is calling you to do some crazy stuff like that. <laughs> but the point is, in your own unique ways that God has handcrafted in you and through you, God is calling us to take a step of faith and begin to be that dew in which is. Amen. The provisions for the people around you in every place. Amen. Praise the Lord. How good and pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. I love verse 3 which says in Psalms 133, it is like the dew of Hammon descending upon the mountains of Zion. For there the Lord commanded the blessing. So when we come together as the remnant and we come together in unity. The Bible says what comes, what begins to manifest is the dew of Hammon. And that dew of Hammon is, a, is like a healing balm that is flowing. It's like holy oil flowing from the head of the high priest. Okay? And that high priest to us in the New Testament context is Jesus Christ. When we release that dew beginning to flow we, and we are operating. That's why I talked when, when we allow that to hindment with one another. It's critical, very important. When, when we allow that to happen with Christ and with one another, then Christ is manifested. It is Christ who is going to lead us into greater victory through this decade. Without Christ being 
the Lord of hosts ahead of the pack, I tell you, friends, the battle might become disastrous for many. But for those who have put their trust in the Lord, he becomes their shield, he becomes their, their protection, and he will uh, enable us to go forward. As we advance as that strategic remnant mission force, one of the stories in the Bible that caught my attention was a man called Ananias. Ananias in Acts chapter 9 in verse 11 uh, so the Lord said to him arise and go to the street called straight and inquire the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus for behold he is praying see again this is now a practical illustration of what we have been looking at in the Old Testament context or in a prophetic sense here is God calling out, Jesus calling out to Ananias, a disciple and is deploying him out among the peoples and particularly he sends him to a particular street I want to tell you friends as you rise up as God's strategic remnant mission force the Holy Spirit is going to come to you with very clear details. He will speak. You know, like the special forces are not deployed precise assignments. They don't go necessarily with mal. The special forces, they move as a team. And for one of those remnant mission force personnel called Ananias, God calls him out. Jesus assigns him and says, arise and go to the street called straight. Inquire the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus. Now, when you move on to verse 15 to 18, of course, between uh, verse 12 to 10, Ananias begins to, to almost like raise a debate with God. He says, Saul of Tarsus, the guy is a murderer. Lord, you are assigning me <laughs> to such a dangerous man who has been persecuting the church. You want me to go for my death <laughs> before my time? But the Lord said to him, Go, for he is a chosen vessel. I want to declare to you, friends, there are many chosen vessels lingering out there in the darkness, not knowing the way that they should go. They are waiting for an Ananias. And today, the Ananias we are reading about may not be alive today, but you and I are the current Ananias that God is depending on us to reach out and to minister to those people that are being prepared, those who have been chosen as vessels. And God tells him, uh, he's a chosen vessel of mine to bear my name before Gentiles, kings, and, chi and the children of Israel. For I will show him how many things he must suffer for my name's sake. And verse 17, for, and Ananias went his way and entered the house, and laying his hands on him, he said, Brother Saul, 
the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road uh, as you came has sent me that you may receive your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately there fell from his eyes something like scales and he received his sight at once and he arose and was baptized. Awesome. When you read on that chapter, you find that not many days from there, Paul begins to do his apostolic journeys and ministry. I present to us that you are called of God. You are unique. You are wonderfully and fearfully made. You may have your disabilities. We all do. We may have our incapacities and incompetencies. But the Lord is saying it's nothing about you. It's all about him. All we need to do is to submit ourselves to him. And when we submit ourselves to him, he's going to empower us with the Holy Spirit so that we can begin to equip and train and deploy skillful laborers multiply ourselves in raising up skillful laborers for the harvest. I want to tell you, friend, and it's not just harvest, it's plentiful, but the laborers, and it's not just about laborers, it's about the skilled laborers who know and understand how to advance when the Lord says advance. Amen. God is raising these laborers. Amen. As I conclude my sharing today, allow me to speak also concerning reliance like we've talked about. You know, God raising this as an important equip, equipping center, kingdom center, an apostolic center for equipping and deploying and uh, de 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 uh, deploying um, people of God into the work of the ministry. There are three critical areas that I've sensed the Lord also begin to speak to us back in Kenya and I believe he's speaking the same here in America as well. That it's important we pay attention and labor knowing the conflict that is ahead of us is what I call how shall we advance three critical areas. One is what I call the spiritual formation. Again, if Christ is not formed in his people, if Christ may outwit them, he fears the man Jesus Christ. It is important at individual level, as well as corporate and family level, let us, amen, let us, is formed in us. Amen. Let us labor in forming Christ in the spheres that we, and as skilled laborers, children in the next generation, and as skilled laborers, God will give us wisdom and understanding in how to birth movements of the Spirit of God in every place. How to, to birth 
strategic discipleship centers. Wow, I love that. Discipleship centers. So that people are being discipled. Because without proper spiritual formation, it is possible the gates of hell could prevail against some. With one of my apostolic friends, um, he once said, shared and said, hell has a teaching ministry, has a department of education. And so far, it's been very effective. And hell doesn't care about church groups. That's why big denominations are falling apart. Messed around in their understanding of who God really created them to be. And the only defense that will help us to advance effectively is when we allow Christ to be formed in his people. Christ to be formed in the young generation, in our children. All right? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they represent a people who, that given opportunity to compromise to the systems and the demands of that time, which were idolatrous, they chose not to bow their knees to the idols, but they chose to stand for righteousness. Basically, they were simply demonstrating and communicating a message to the king and to those in that kingdom and to us that those who have gone before us have taught us well. They have taught us that we do not bow our knees to idols. We only bow our knees to the almighty God. And we are willing to face the furnace of fire and no matter how much you will steam it up and make it real hot, we are ready to burn in there, but not to compromise the teachings that we have received from those who have been before us. Are we ready for that type of a faith stand? I invite us, brothers and sisters, to begin to labor in prayer and in doctrine until Christ is formed in us and in those around us. Sound doctrine is under attack. Many churches have become entertainment centers. I think I've shared this with Pastor Aaron and the team of leaders that we meet with um, uh, in, at the beginning of uh, the COVID season last year um, we began, we asked ourselves as, as ministers who really closed the churches was it COVID was it government or was it the devil was it God wow who really closed down the churches and then I remembered, the Holy Spirit reminded me 
of a strange text message I got towards the close of 2019. I, had, I was in Africa, in Kenya. I'd returned from our neighboring country of Uganda. I get back home in Kenya and I get this strange message. Strange because I tried to call the number to text it back, never ever went through. But this is how it started. Listen to me, my son. And I knew this strange text message, it was not just from anyone, it was from the Lord. And he spoke to me some personal things and then he also shared and said, my son, I have raised you as my mouthpiece. And it's like he was saying to me, tell my people, there is so much filth in my house. There is so much filth in my church. And he said, but I myself am coming. And so, my house. And so, while everyone was complaining about government, about reminded that to me. And I broke down and shut down. The Holy Spirit reminded that to me. And I began to share it with a number of leaders. And we began to pray, humbling ourselves, cleansing ourselves. These are times to cleanse the house of God. Amen. So that Christ may be formed in us. Wow. And when Christ is formed in us, that which we produce and reproduce is nothing but Christ. Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> I love to share a story. And some of you have been to Africa. Mama Nancy has been to Africa years ago, even before our roads became much better. And they were really bumpy and, and rough. So here is one night, about 9 p.m. I'm called by one of my pastor friends. He's help us. He says, you come to the village and um, help us. His sister had been in child labor for over 12 hours. And nothing happening. And so at 9 p.m., the pastor friend calls me. He says, please come so that you can help us take my sister to hospital. Now, in the villages of Africa, you cannot call 911 and find an ambulance standing by your door. So Bishop's car became the ambulance, and Bishop became the driver. I put on the blinkers, and I was racing into the village to rescue this girl and get her to hospital. So I get there, uh, this pastor... Uh, brings the sister out and luckily their mom was a midwife uh, so she had tried all the midwife wisdom knowledge and understanding it had failed and so we needed to get her to hospital so she they bring her into the car and James races out at high speed trying to find the nearest hospital and so and then second bump because the first bump we hit, and then second bump, because it was out in the village, potholes, and 
you talk about bumpy roads here in America, you don't know what you're talking about. Just thank God for what you have, okay? <laughs> so here I am, resting, and after hitting like a second pothole, and I had what I had never had before. At the back seat of my car, the water broke. And I'm thinking, wow, what do I do? I stepped on the gas pedal, thinking that I can redeem the time. <laughs> but as I'm racing, after a minute or two, I hear such an innocent baby crying. Yeah, and I knew the matter is settled. <laughs> you know, it was a dark, but I parked by the roadside. Thankfully, the mother was a midwife. She just knew what to do. It just needed a few of those potholes and bumps. What a feeling. <laughs> Lose that which was bound. <laughs> and what a feeling. <laughs> as much as it was messy back on my vehicle seat, but I was rejoicing and praising the Lord. Wow, Lord, thank you that you have chosen the back seat of my car to be the bathing place of a new life on the face of the earth. Hallelujah. <laughs> And that's the joy of any mother, any father, when that baby comes forth. You forget all the pain and the labor. Brothers and sisters, may that be the joy when we have labored to form Christ in us and in those around us. And then we see the produce of their life being a multiplication of Christ and his kingdom. In every place. Amen. Praise the Lord. Two other important things. So the spiritual formation is key. Touches on prayer. Uh, discipleship. Leadership development. And so on. And then the second area. Which is also very critical. It is uh, um, an area that I'm calling kingdom economy. As we advance. I believe you will see. And aware that he is going to begin to show us the pathway for our, to place our finances. He's going to give us new avenues to place our finances and not to feed into a demonic system. I believe just like Joseph was given a signet ring and he has signet rings to his remnant bride to begin to show us strategies and wisdom in terms of how do we develop an economy that will save and, and preserve the remnant bride even in times of great conflict. Amen. Amen. Same thing. Jesus talks about the end times like in the days of Noah. Think about Noah and he makes this big boat and... Um, he has all the kinds of animals from all over the world right there in that boat. What happened? This man received wisdom and insight and strategy of life. An ecosystem right there that would preserve life. Be ready, brothers and sisters. God is going to be downloading in our hearts strategies and insights that will help us to develop economic models 
that will safeguard the bride of Christ even in the toughest of times. Be ready. Be ready. Be ready. I do not have time. I could go into much detail concerning that. But the last area is that is very critical is leadership and governance. And the need for us as Christians, as believers, and as, as the body of Christ to begin to be aware that if we do not disciple and mentor leaders into places of authority, to occupy seats of authority, there is a kingdom of darkness that is mentoring, discipling, training, and equipping leaders to take those seats of authority. But we must get to that place and say, not during our watch. Amen. We must be aware that we must train. Uh, Alvin has worked with a number of uh, uh, African countries as well as Europe and been connected to, to the United Nations. And one of his statements has been that the church, the Christian community, is strategically being um, uh, sidelined. Okay, that's what you use marginalized, the marginalization of the Christians from around the seats of authority. Why? Because witches want to advance hell agenda right there. So what should be our duty? We must find our seats of authority. And I love what he has kept on saying to us. He says, if they don't give you a seat, carry a folding chair and show up. Amen. It is. For as long as making processes of our nation and our communities, for as long as the salt is in the salt bottle, the salt shaker, it has no value as shaken out of the bottle. Amen. Food for, for at that moment when it's uh, shaken out of the bottle. Amen. So God wants us as the bride to be shaken out and be deposited in among the peoples like dew. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. Glory to God. Welcome us to... Let me stop there tonight. And um, just welcome us to a time of just reflection and just pondering over what the Lord is saying. I feel like, Pastor, uh, just to... You could come and lead us in a moment of response prayer uh, just to uh, build on to what the Lord is saying. It's important for praying and to um, seal this. Amen. Thanks for tuning in today. To find out how to get more involved, go to reliancecommunity.org. Have a great week.